This is ASI, ASI, 247.org, episode 128, Truth Be Told, Getting Help. Can you hear me? Tell me your name. Richard. We're going to take care of you, Richard. I've got to run away, I've got to get away from the pain you drive in the heart of me. That is a musical montage medley of three songs. Uh, Dr. Dre's I Need a Doctor with Eminem. Uh, Soft Cell's Tainted Love, of course. And the Ramones' I Want to Be Sedated. Three things I want to talk about and I put into the little Did You Like That? Kind of a thing I blended together. I actually threw in some audio from a Levi's Jeans commercial that was directed about I don't know, 15, 20 years ago by Spike Jones. Awesome, if you get a chance to look that up. Um, Soft Cell's Tainted Love and Levi's Jeans commercial. I left the last episode up for a few weeks to kind of absorb some downloads because I think it's a really important show, especially for churches and people who do ministry in church. 
Um, there just needs to be more uh, stuff out there for, for people who are struggling, especially with this issue. So, getting right into it today, episode 128. My name is Russ Shaw. I am your host. Uh, my website is asi247.org. You know, I spend too much time with all this stuff, right? I got Twitter, I got Facebook, I got email. All that stuff is on the website, asi247.org. So, boom, right? Take care of it right there. If you want contact information for your host, it's right there. You want to check out the website, buy the books that I, from you know people that I've talked to, other good books on there. Uh, you go to the website asi247.org. That's where all the information is located. So, getting that out of the way, I wanted to get right into what it means to get help because we all, you know, if you're listening to the show, um, you're either addicted, you know, someone who's addicted. You're struggling with sexual ethics yourself, uh, just asking questions, you know, am I an addict? Th these are the different questions that come up. Doing this show, I'm talking to a m wide, myriad, mix, uh, mosaic, uh, some M-words for you, throw out there, of people. So, when I say, you know... It's time to get help. What does that mean? What kind of approaches do you take to getting help? The next few shows, the next few weeks, I'm going to be doing a series of shows called Truth Be Told and what it means to try and dig underneath and find out the root issues. What does it mean for you to get to those root issues and what is it, why are you listening? Okay. Russ at ASI247.org. This next series of shows is going to be very email driven. I want to get into the hearts of listeners. I want to understand. I've been getting more email lately, and I want to, using this format, using this curriculum, if you will, um, as a way to kind of focus in, get you to take a, a wide-eyed, um, crazy, uh, emotional, angry even, look at your own self, your own behavior, um, and really find out what's in the heart, what's underneath that. Because it's not just the things we know, but it's the things we're emotional about, right? The things that get us worked up. Um, the show before last, I talked about this uh, concept in social psychology called cognitive dissonance theory, right? Um, cognitive dissonance is the uncomfortable thing, right? Like the, There's two conflicting thoughts in your mind. Two conflicting attitudes, two conflicting ideas, and cognitive dissonance is that, right? We, our mind goes to work very quickly to try and solve the dissonance. It's uncomfortable. It bothers us. You ever seen like a movie and you see a, an actor on the screen and you go, I know that guy's name. And then you have a hard time watching the rest of the film or the TV show because it bothers you, right? You have this dissonance inside you going, I know that guy's name. I can't recall it. You're going to Internet Movie Database, right, and try and find out. That's cognitive dissonance. Being addicted is a form of dissonance like that, right? It's a, it's a compi compiled mass of, of cognitive dissonance. It takes place in the mind, in the heart, in the spirit, and you have two conflicting things going on, right? I keep doing this thing because part of me wants to. I don't want to do this thing anymore because I don't want to over here. 
at war with yourself, that is recovery. And I want to challenge some of these ideas that, you know, we just need to go to logic or we just need to take another step. I mean, steps are great. And I think that it's the approach to the steps that where people get hung up on this, right? I talked about that painting with the fox and the grapes, you know, and the, it's an exam, example of cognitive dissonance where the fox decides that he just doesn't want the grapes, right? This emotional, kind of angry, kind of bitter, um, kind of condescending towards his, you know, <laughs> wanting the grapes. So he just decides, I don't want grapes. That's how he solves the dissonance. And I've seen this in addicts. I've seen this in myself. You know, I'm not going to listen to you because you're a fool. I mean, that's kind of was part of my attitude. I don't want to listen to somebody who, you know, do you really know more? Do you really know my story? I mean, distrust. So when it came to doing steps, taking action, before I got to the steps, a dissidence took place to whether I should do them or not, right? Because doing the steps is hard, it's uncomfortable, it's doing something difficult that I'm not going to want to do. And one of the biggest things that a lot of us do is start to rationalize and reason our way out of it. When it comes to sexual ethics, there's a lot of people who lives being ruined because of these issues and they just kind of solve it by putting it on the other person i mean these are the things i want to talk about in this next series of shows truth be told in light of the ninth commandment can we take a good hard look inside be honest with yourself right and say how do i solve this dissidence and really there's a thousand ways to quit and I think that that's really what's going on. Taking a look at the dissonance um, that resists taking action, that resists doing the steps, that resists listening to the people that are giving you advice. We take the advice or we take the counsel or we go to this meeting and we take the step. And instead of really taking a good hard look at what we're, we're the process we're in, we start to really rationalize how we can quit. Isn't that true? why I kept saying over and over again in those early episodes, I need to say that more, man, don't quit, persevere, get back up when you fall down, learn a new way, kick that defeatist attitude, I just don't like grapes, right? No, it's take, have some dissidence towards your dissidence, right? This cognitive dissonance that is compelling you to quit Attack that with some emotion and some energy. Get angry about it even, all right? I love what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said about anger. He said, there is a very good kind of anger against injustice, right? Dr. Martin Luther King, awesome. Like He's my second favorite reformer because of what he accomplished, because of what he did in the culture, because of... The way this man could talk to people, not just Christians, you know. Um, the I Have a Dream speech is a sermon, okay. Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was a Christian pastor. The man changed the world. Not just the United States, not just human rights, but he changed the world and the way he saw things. And a lot of it had to do with how he entered into conflict and how he dealt with pressing back evil in the world, right? 
And he did it by not, you know, shooting a gun, raising a fist, that kind of thing. Non he talked a lot about nonviolent conflict resolution, right? And going after an addiction like this is going to take some anger on your part, which is good news because a lot of, I mean, I don't know any sexual addict who isn't an angry type person, right? I mean, we all have anger issues. It's another kind of a queen ant thing that's under the surface, giving birth to all these little behaviors that pop out, right? That run around on the surface and get in your, your picnic, okay? So underneath that, there is being birthed out, you know, by these kind of queen ant sort of attitudes that are under the surface. One of them is anger. But if that anger can be re- focused onto something good and something positive and I'm gonna say about getting help and going after this thing that can be a good thing um, here's what dr. Martin Luther King said about good anger he said it's an energy that is aroused and released against something evil and oppressive alright and I want to start there because some of you have been listening for years. There's a lot of folks, man, I've got a lot of email, very encouraging folks that have been listening for a long time, folks that are, are, are seeing a year, you know, two years of, of sobriety, right, if you want to use that word, um, purity um, in their sexual behavior. They've former sex addicts, right, moving into the future, pressing on forward, experiencing freedom. And I think that's awesome. That's good news. There's also people that have been listening for years that are still stuck, man. You're still stuck. And then there's people that are finding the show. There's new people finding the show every day, and they don't know what to do with me. I'm a bit of a disaster. I'll just, I'll just be right out there honest with you, all right? I'm less of a disaster than I was a year ago, uh, a few years ago. But I'm still a mess, and God is still, you know, helping me, cleaning me, uh, working with me. As far as sexual behavior and uh, sexual purity, if you want to call it that, is concerned, um, I am five and a half years uh, clean. Masturbation, all of that stuff, not in the picture. I am not a sex addict anymore. But I still, I'm, I'm not perfect, right? I'm pressing on towards the goal, which is freedom from all of the oppressive things that still live in me. But as far as, you know, sexual addiction concern is concerned, I'm free from that, like freedom from that. And I know how it feels because I was addicted for years and I horribly addicted, very powerfully, stubbornly addicted. I remember just... I didn't think that it was even possible. I mean, I tried for so many years, so busted up, disappointed, in despair, in sorrow, you know, wanting to get rid of those emotions, right? So just kind of giving up and thinking I can manage it. And then just still being, oh, God, what am I doing? Right? Well, help me. Take this from me. And just freaking out and sick and tired of it. And, and now, because I've opened my heart and because I've taken some hard looks at the scary places inside of me because I've actually opened up my secrets to others, right? Talked about the, the things that, that cognitions, right? All that stuff running through my brain all the time, actually busting that open in, in groups in front of other people, all right? And, and talking about it. So my question to you is what is your attitude towards this thing? Are you sick and tired enough of it to be like Dr. King was and just get angry and go after the root 
cause which is under the skin. Are you willing to do that? All right. The behavior, yes. Control the behavior if you can on the surface. But let's be honest and and start to get a little deeper. Focus on some of those, right, queen ants that are giving birth to those behaviors. And I really feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to enter in here and to say this. And uh, man, to I, I got to talk to the Christian folks, right, for the church folks for a second. All right, everybody. So hold on, listen, check this out. All right. Your sexual addiction is not a thorn in the flesh, okay? That is a myth. Um, a lot of guys like to say that, right? Like, God wants to heal me. He'll just heal me. Um, that's not what this is, all right? Get honest with yourself. Thorn in the flesh is this uh, analogy that Paul says where he's given the thorn in the flesh. There's also in... Uh, Jacob, who God bruised his hip, right? He walked with a limp. Um, these stories that are in the Bible. Um, listen, this is something else, all right? Psychologists are going to use this this really high-tech word called habit, okay? You have a habit. Um, you have a behavior pattern. This is the words of modern-day psychology. The Bible is going to go right to the root, and it's going to use a word called idolatry. All right. Here's what you're doing. You have been worshiping a God, a created thing and not the creator. You've been bowing down to it, giving yourself over to it for years, and now you are controlled by it. All right. It controls you. You don't control it. This is the language of the first step, right? I am powerless over this addiction. God help me. We're returning to the creator of these things who created sex to be good. We're going to worship that God, not the sex God, right? Stop, man, stop with this thorn in the flesh. Oh, well, God gave this to me, bruised my hip with a sexual addiction. That's not what it is. It's idolatry. And you worship and you bow down before this demonic God of sex. Sex is a good thing. Sex is an awesome thing. It was God's idea to create it. But when you worship it, when you put takes the throne of your heart, when you put it on a pedestal and, and it becomes your like a vacuum for your desire, man, changing that is going to take time. It's going to take take energy. It's going to take um, repentance. All right, it's going to take looking at your life and taking a new attitude towards your purpose in life and where you're going and where you're going to end up in five, ten years. What is the purpose? Where are you going? What is repentance? How do I worship the creator of these things to help make life better instead of worshiping and continue to worship this, this God of sex? And then in order to keep my little God of sex, I'll use excuses like, well, God gave it to me. No, you're not. No, stop. All right, this is your wake-up call, dude. Wake-up call today. It is not a thorn in the flesh. It is not God bruising your hip. It is you, your sinful heart, worshiping a created thing and not the creator God. All right, I know those are harsh words. I love you enough to tell you that. It's going to take work. God's not going to just whack you with a magic wand and change. Some people, he does, man. Some people get healed 
instantly. I've heard these stories where guys, you know, I don't know. I'm not cynical about some of that, but there are people who are healed very rapidly, very quickly. You know, I almost envy those people because for me, man, it, it was hard work. Because really, addiction is a conflict with yourself. Right? I mean, I know how that feels. And that's why I get so, you know, I do, I'm on Facebook and I talk on blogs and I, I love Christians. I love ministry folks, but there's sometimes, there's some things they just don't get, right? Like, one of the cool things, my friend Leo brought this up as a great analogy. Um, as far as repentance goes, I heard John Piper and Rick Warren talk about his book, um, Purpose Driven Life. Great interview up on Desiring God. Got, DesiringGod.com if you want to check it out. But really the purpose-driven life and really what I got out of that talk and all the critics who criticize him and, and all the critics have criticized me and all the folks who just kind of don't understand addicts, right? Addicted people, people who are stuck in their behavior and can't seem to stop. There's always that judgment. Oh, you could stop if you really wanted to. Well, there's some truth to that, yes, but it's not going to happen overnight. And yes, you do have something you don't want to do that you keep doing. That's the point of addiction. So, you know, I go out there and I talk to these guys because, like my friend Leo said, um, I was, slash M, um, as far as sexual addiction is concerned and sexual ethics, I was the 300-pound guy who had to get on the treadmill, right, who had to run a freaking mile every day or two, carrying that, this all this weight for, for a mile every day in order to lose the weight, in order to get in the shape that this guy needed to be in, right? This guy in this show, um, The Biggest Loser, this cool reality show, and there's this guy in the in the one of the counselor coaches, right, who is helping him says, listen, if you don't lose this weight, and he had a baby, right, young baby just born, he's like, if you don't lose this weight, you're probably not going to see your child's wedding, all right? And now I know all the hyper-Calvinists can go, well, that's all up to God, Russ. You know what? It's up to your repentant heart. Part of it has to do with that, yes. The Bible says repent, right? What are we supposed to do? Make disciples as far as the church is concerned. So, um, you know, I know not all you guys are in church or Christians. I, I have to talk to the church people for a second, all right? So that's what I'm doing here. But also it all has to do with letting go, like the serenity prayer. You know, I used to have an issue with that. Like serenity, okay, that's the sweet prayer. Um uh, it's a nice thing to say. God grant me the serenity to change the things that I can and accept the things that I can't, right? I mean, okay, what are the roots to that? What, that's a great thing to pray. It's a great thing to do to to surrender yourself to God. That's, that has a lot to do with faith. That's why I, what I love about the 12 steps is, you know what? There is a God. You're not God, and you're going to need him right? You're going to need your creator's help. You're going to need to press into God to, to be healed. That, that's true. That's absolutely true. But also, we have to take this energy, like Martin Luther said, arouse it against, you know, release it towards the evil that lives inside us first in order to go after 
the things that are controlling us, tearing down our lives. I mean, this sexual addiction is different than alcoholism, all right? It's di- I mean, you could lose your house, you could crash your car, um, you could lose your life in, in all addictions. Can you, you know, you can get killed, right? That's, that's something. There's that, okay? But the heart-level wound of sexual addiction that goes towards your legacy because it is a betrayal that's deeper than losing your job to alcoholism or or drug abuse or you know what I'm saying gaining a bunch of weight it's deeper wound than that towards the person that you love or will love right So really, I want to stir up in this show to kick it off your righteous anger against problems and not persons, all right? Against the issues that live inside of you, against the sins that you commit against others and and take some focus off the rest of the world, all right? I mean, there's a whole lot of energy that's spent in groups. I'm going to say it's wasted. Yes, do you need to get rid of your iPhone for a few weeks? Do you need to stay away from your computer for a few months? Yes. That's not the root problem, all right? It's not. The porn business isn't the root problem. The porn, like, all right, they're not like Jehovah's Witnesses, all right? Porno stars don't come freaking knock on your door and go, hey, let me in, I'm going to, you know seduce you. That's not what they do. And I know that people will argue with me on that. Oh, well, there's pop-up ads, Russ, and I just couldn't help myself. Yes, you can. All right. It's going to take time. It's going to take you staying away from temptations for a season. But when those temptations come back, you're going to have to deal with that. All right. God made sex. Sex is good. You don't get to blame Right, rated R movies, um, billboards on signs, you know, talk radio. I don't know. You don't get to blame all that stuff. I want you to get angry against, again, like Martin Luther said, problems that exist, sins, repent of sins that exist inside of you. All right, problems, not the people, not the dirty world out there. It's just a lot of wasted energy trying to solve that dissidence by blaming the world or blaming that woman, you know, who wears that at the office. Or, you know, it's all this outward directed energy that needs to start. Listen, why do I take the bait? I mean, that's the question. That's what I want to challenge you with to solve that dissidence towards healing issue I have with the church, and that's why I'm a called reformer, right? I'm not extreme reformer. I mean, some people might argue that, but as a Christian, I'm reformed in theology. I mean, part of this attitude in the church has, you know, the, the cities are the places where um, culture emanates from, education, right, news media, journalism, and what do Christians do? Oh, well, this city is this dirty people. There's sinners all over the place. Let's move. Let's go out to the suburbs. Let's, you know, plant churches out and, you know, in the sticks, and then the, the cities start to deteriorate ethically because Christians who have the, right, the Holy Spirit and just leave and they become more religious than missional we have to get real and get honest about what we're going to aggressively go after 
all right this anger aroused this energy released where is it going to go How, are you tired of it by now all right there's another plea from your host Russ Shaw from this podcast are you sick of it enough to go after the root cause you know one thing religious people love to do and it's so convenient to sit behind you know this kind of hyper calvinist well if god wants me healed he'll have me healed no you're the 300 pound freaking guy that's got to run a mile every day or two right you're going to need god's help to give you strength to do that because you're not going to be strong enough all right you're going to need to press into god you're going to need to pray you're going to need to ask god you're going to know what it means to worship him instead of yourself he didn't give this to you it's an act of worship right Worship is, it comes from in the heart and it flows out. It's what we do all of the time. The ripple effect that you will leave as far as your children, as far as staying married, as far as showing your kids what it means to love, not having tainted love, right? What it means to love someone else more than yourself. That, that is getting on the treadmill, listening to the coach, doing what it takes to, to grind out those miles and go after, aggressively, go after this oppressive, evil thing that lives inside you. And again, it's against the sin that lives inside you. It's not against you as a person. It's against this thing, this other thing that lives inside you, right? I mean, we feel like that, this, this other thing that lives in me, this person that exists in me. We tend to blame ourselves for everything instead of separating ourselves from the sin. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 is going to say that. He's going to say, it's this sin that lives inside me. It's warring against me, right? It's not me, it's this disease, and I'm not going to say that it's, that this addiction's a disease, it's a, this heart disease, this worship pattern, that's the disease, not the behavior on the surface. Again, I don't go to 7-Eleven and buy a six-pack of influenza, alright, that's just not true. Alcoholism, whatever it is, gambling, it's that's not the disease. The disease is in the heart. The Bible, for thousands of years, has dealt with this issue. All right. What I'm talking about here is not new. There's no new recovery system or program. It's actually very, very old. And the disease is sin. God wants to help us cure that infection because he loves us right John 10 10 Jesus you know the the devil comes to kill steal and destroy and he says I've come to bring life and to bring it more abundantly there's a creator to all of the things that we enjoy in life I love what Rick Warren said he said that it's the purpose-driven life is like a paradigm shift to realizing God's glory and I would say it's also a paradigm shift to repentance it's realizing that we all submit to something we all bend our knee to something and God wants us because he loves us to bend our knee to him 
and to love him and to pursue him and to thank him for the awesome things that he made rather than bending our knee to those things and having them own us because we do submit man we all submit to something that's the reason we're addicted as a christian um faith is is like resting right it's it's not I mean, yes, there's the times that you're going to have to press in and there's the times that you're going to have to do what you don't want to do. And there's the times that you're going to have to rest in the fact that God loves you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks like, that yes, there is forgiveness for you, that Jesus Christ has forgiven you, that God became a man, entered into his own story through time and space, became a man and a rescue mission to love understand help accept yes he understands us but he wants us to see that he understands us that's why he became a man that's why he was crucified on the cross god loves you he forgives you your sin he actually delights in you he delights in you as his child man and that's mind-blowing it was mind-blowing for me god's not this mean principal standing up in heaven with the paddle stick he actually delights in you Resting in that, when you fail and you got to get back up, when you press forward, when you've had years of sobriety or purity, and you don't let your head get all big, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to do this show anymore, you know, to keep myself clean, right? I don't do this show in order to, you know, as some kind of a way to stay in group or something like, right? I'm, I love people i know how hard it is i know how bad it sucks to be stuck and and owned by this thing jesus for me has been that that chair i heard a quote by a guy named john Patton. you know resting in the chair that jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith right it's having faith in that faith it's just resting in God's love and understanding. So I'm going to wrap this show up with three questions. And the rest of the shows are going to be in response to emails on these questions. In response to emails I've got in the past. The big questions. And I want you to bust open your heart a little bit. You know, and yes, I'll deal with what are symptoms and stuff like that. Again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a pastor. I have harvested some pretty cool information from Yale University. This woman, Susan Nolan Huxima, who did a great talk on depression, mania, bipolar disorder, and just what she knows about medication, right? I'm going to go into that a little bit. Not an expert, again, but I've listened to some experts. I want to share with you some some information I've harvested I'll point you to the source so you know I'm not you know just saying what Russ Shaw thinks this woman is an expert she's written college textbooks for college students to training them on psychology psychotherapy right this woman knows what she's talking about so I'm gonna go into some of that as well again myself not an expert thank God for the internet where we can ask some questions, you know, gain some answers, right? So I'm going to press into surface symptoms. 
All right, that's one of the big questions. What are your symptoms? Are you addicted? Do you even know if you're addicted? Do you need to ask? Right? Am I addicted, Russ? Here's my behavior. I had one guy. I'm not really. I don't really have a problem with porn, but I seem to like it more than part of me wants to, which I thought was an honest question. Um, healing the infection under the surface. All right. There's level two. It's not the heart, but there's an infection and. A lot of psychotherapy and religion kind of deals with that infection. Um, I saw some pictures of, we have hobo spiders, and they start to come out in the springtime, you know, and they're, they're, they bite you. It's bad, you know. I mean, they got like some weird skin-rotting, flesh-eating venom or something. I mean, they leave big, nasty craters on you. And it's gross. If you ever want to look up spider bites, hobo spider, all right, on Google, ew, nasty, all right. The infection under the skin, level two. Uh, level three, and this is the scariest part. This is why people turn me off, all right? And I'm going to challenge you with this. Man, if you have questions, just ask them, all right? I'm not going to yell at you or put you down. I'm not going to be condescending towards you, all right? If I have been in the past, man, I apologize. I'll just say say that right here. Um if I've hurt you, man, again, Russ at ASI247.org, I'm not here to be condescending or a jerk or anything like that, all right? I'm listening, all right? But we have to get to the roots. I'm going to be honest. You can spend years in recovery for this thing if, you don't, if you're not willing to focus on the roots. The most offensive things I say in the show are root things. At least challenge me on. Let's start a dialogue, all right? Don't be the pouty little boy who runs off with his ball, all right? Just, come on, let's play, all right? I'm not going to beat you up or anything. I want to I wanna talk, all right? I want to engage. I want to get inside your heart. I'm going to ask you heart questions. Don't run away and be scared, all right? I love you. I was stuck there. The biggest leaps forward, the biggest aha moments, the biggest freeing experiences were people who challenged me with heart questions, all right? The roots of it. God loves you. He forgives you your sin. He actually delights in you. He delights in you as his child, man. And that's mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing for me. God's not this mean principal standing up in heaven with the paddle stick. He actually delights in you. So my challenge for you in this episode, in the ninth commandment, in light of the ninth commandment, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. I'm going to be your neighbor, all right? I want you to be honest about the symptoms, the infection, and the root cause. I want you to realize the solving of cognitive dissidence through the quit habit. And I pray that you'll war with me and really take a hard look. Don't just solve the cognitive dissidence by shutting me off, right? It's just another quit habit attitude that we have. Man, come on. Engage me. But talk to me. Especially if I piss you off, alright? Talk to me. Russ at ASI247.org. I love you guys, man. If you've experienced some healing, if this show's helping you at all, if there's stuff in the that I've said that's helped, man, I pray that you would, um, man, if you can, leave a donation. Um, ASI247.org, you can do that there. My P.O. box is there on the website as well. Um, if you want to send a check, you don't want to do this stuff online, I get that. Uh, 
again, the, the only reason this thing exists is because of listeners who keep it alive financially, and that's true. I mean, it does cost money, so there's that, all right? Um, more than money, more than your emails and your conversations and all of that stuff, man, pray for me. I pray that you pray for me. Um, keep me in your prayers. I'm praying for you. I love you guys. Um, Till next time, this is Johnny Cash, and it has everything to do with that root level rest, having the faith in faith, knowing we're saved, knowing we're loved, knowing we're forgiven, resting in his amazing grace, and asking him, please, for help. Matthew um, 5, Jesus kicks off the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, with blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right? Pastor Rick at AC3, he was a brilliant man. He was talking about, you know, the, the Matthew 5 is like a house. And we enter the door of that house. We enter the Beatitudes through that verse, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to leave you with a song by Johnny Cash. I love you guys more than you know. I mean that sincerely. Bye. Oh Lord, help me to walk another mile, just one more mile. I'm tired of walking all alone. And Lord, help me to smile, another smile, just one more smile. Don't think I can do things on my own. I never thought I needed help before. I thought that I could get by by myself. But now I know I just can't take it anymore. And with a humble heart on bended knee, begging you please for help. your golden throne to me, to lowly me. I need to feel the touch of your tender hand. Release these chains of darkness. Let me see, Lord, let me see just where I fit into your master plan. I never thought I needed help before Thought that I could get by by myself Now I know I just can't take it anymore And with a humble heart on bended knee 
begging you please for help with a humble heart on bended knee I'm begging you please for help 